We've been going through a series called Breakthrough at Oasis Church. Anybody been thankful for this series of what God is speaking? I'm thankful for it. It's been challenging. It's been encouraging above all else. God is a God of breakthroughs. We believe that. We believe at Oasis Church that God is the God of breakthrough. However, on his timing, on his plan, on his will, we trust him, we believe him, we worship him, we sing to him, we lift our hands to him and surrender. Regardless if the breakthrough's happening right now, regardless if you just started walking through the trial, you feel like you're in the middle of the trial, or that end of that trial is there, God is still the God of breakthrough. That's encouraging. That is so encouraging. I don't know about you, but I can then get out of bed every morning excited, thankful, walking on firm foundation that God is the God for me, he's not against me, and he's going to work on my behalf. And so a few weeks ago, we discovered the disciples with Jesus in the boat. As the storm was raging, as the waves were coming over the boat, as the boat was sinking, that brother named Jesus that we have, our Savior, our King, he was sleeping on a pillow. He was sleeping on a pillow when the storm was raging, and the disciples were freaking out. We discovered how, hey, he's with us in the storm. He's with us in the trials. He's walking with us. And if he's at peace because he knows who his Father in heaven is, then we can be at peace. And last week, I hope last week was encouraging to you. That was a message that I pray we live as a church always. And it was talking about us just being thankful. Thankful. The essence and the beauty of just saying, thank you. Thank you, God. I woke up this morning, thank you, God. Thank you, I got another day. I got breath in my lungs. I got something for you to do with me today. Thank you, Jesus, for the wife I have. Thank you, for Jesus, for the church I do have. Thank you, Jesus, for the job I do have today. It may not be the one that I want, but I'm thankful for where I'm at today. Thank you for the school that I've been given to go to. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. You need to, and I need to be better at thanking Jesus. Learn it. It's powerful. It's biblical. But today, I just want to cover... Philippians 1, 20 through 21, this title, Short Talk, I'm going to call it a short talk. It's called Inside Job. So we've been discovering breakthrough, I believe more than ever, that it's got to start within. It's an inside job. I'm going to read this passage of scripture, it's going to be up on the screen. It's a big screen today, praise God for that. Thank you Jesus for that. Church plant, love it, new things happening, awesome. Anyways, verse 20, Paul's writing. To the church of Philippi, I eagerly expect and hope that I will no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage. Some of you just need to say that. God, I need sufficient courage today. As I'm waiting for my breakthrough, just give me courage, God. I need sufficient courage. That was an intentional word Paul wrote there. He didn't just put courage. He said sufficient. I need everything you can give me, God. I need sufficient. Anyways, that's how I read it. Praise God for that. But we'll have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ, Jesus, will be exalted in my body. Whether by life or by death. Hello. Not an easy writing. For to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. For me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Jesus, this is your word. I pray that, Father, in these moments here, these few moments that we have, God, that you'll just speak to us. You'll challenge us. You'll change us. You'll use us in Jesus' name. Amen. Christ in me. Christ in me. It's an inside job. It's an inside job. I just wonder if in this word breakthrough, the real meaning of it is break you. 
I just wonder if walking through a trial, walking through a period of life that's a little bit harder than the last season you were in, it's a little bit more pressing than the few moments that you just experienced. It isn't the mountaintop experience. You're in the valley. I just wonder if in those moments, God's trying to break you while he's making a breakthrough. Oh, amen. That's a good word right there. That'll preach, Jay. Good job. Yep. Mm -hmm. I just wonder if while you're waiting for the breakthrough, he needs to break you in the moment. He needs to break your heart. He needs to break your mind. He needs to break the thinking and the thoughts that you've had of him before. That he's put you through this pain and sorrow. He's placed you in places and spaces that are not good. That's not God. That's not who he is. Does he put you in places and spaces that are hard? Yes. But does he have a plan to kill, destroy, and hurt you? No, that's Satan's plan. That's not God's plan. And I just wonder that if in the moments of waiting for God to break through for you and your circumstances or your family or your business idea or your school situation, whatever the case may be, I just wonder if he's trying to break you. If he's trying to break in to you. Well, I'm a believer. I prayed a prayer. I received Jesus. Great. You're going to be in heaven. Praise God for that. But he's got some stuff for you to do here on earth before you get to heaven. And he wants to use you here on earth before you get to heaven. And in order to use you here on earth before you get to heaven, he needs to break you day in and day out to be more like him. Thank God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for breaking me. <laughs> How many of you prayed that before? Nobody's lifting their hand because not many of us pray that prayer. Break me. Thank you. But it's the truth. My life is dead, Jesus. When you came into my life, Jesus, my heart, my thinking, my ways, my actions are dead. I want your ways. I want your heart. I want your mind. I want your peace. I want your joy. I want your spirit. So break me, and I receive you. Oh, that's good news. That he's willing to leave the 99, as that, word, as that song said. And to chase after you, to come after you, to climb up over mountains for you, to go through valleys for you because he's pursuing you. And in pursuing you, he wants to get rid of some things in you that don't belong in you, that have no place for you. He wants to break you of you. It's an inside job. Jesus' death on the cross for you and me was for us to lose our life and to gain his life. In losing our lives, we gain the supernatural strength of Jesus Christ. We step into knowing that we, what we are going through, we cannot handle. That should just release you. Whatever you're going through, you can't handle. Can't handle it, but he can. And it causes us to solely know that the need of us is great to depend on God. It's great. How many of you, especially in the church world, we say this often. Hey, God can never give you more than you can handle, brother. Anybody ever heard that saying before? Heard it all the time. Man, I'm going through it. Hey, man, God, and I've been the one to say this to people. I'm just struggling. I'm just going through it. I don't understand. It's not happening. God will never give you more than you can handle. Anybody ever heard that? I've said it. I've said it to maybe you guys sometimes. And as I've discovered, and, and, and someone sent me something this week, and it was powerful. It was a powerful just insight into that phrase. God will never give you more than you can handle. I don't think it's necessarily true. Can I just be honest? Can we have a moment here, just a just counseling moment from me to you? I don't think that's true. 
Here's what I think is true. God needs to give you more than you can handle. God needs to put some more stuff in you that you can't handle so that you solely depend on Jesus. So that you know that this is not you but him. So that the stuff he puts on you, you need Jesus' grace every day to get through this life. So you stop turning to your flesh. You stop turning to the things of this world. You stop turning to your own talents and things that you have inside of you. And you need Jesus. I've just come to discover this this week. That when I died to Christ, Christ came alive in me. It wasn't just in that moment. This is a daily thing. This is an hourly thing. This is a minute-by-minute thing. Because we all know, (laughs) when we step out of the moment, when we step out of God's plan for our life, you feel it. You know, man, I'm not one-in-one with God. I'm not hand-in-hand with God. Man, God, you've given me too much. Man, cheese, woo! And he's saying, no, son, daughter. You were born for this. I've equipped you for this. I've put it on you so that you can shine to this world and show them whatever comes my way, whatever hits me, whatever adversity comes at me, whatever trial may be going through, Jesus is still God. Jesus is still good, and Jesus is still for me, and he's working out all things for the good for those who love him. Hello. Praise God for his goodness. Is this encouraging? Breakthrough trying to break us, trying to get inside of our heart, the deepest parts of our hearts to say, God, I'm lost without you. I can't do this anymore. I'm not strong enough, God. As a man, that's hard. I'm the provider. I'm the protector. I'm the one that's supposed to watch out for me and Rachel and and you all as the shepherd of this house. God, I'm, I'm supposed to be strong. And he said, Jay, you're not strong enough. I was like, no, God, I am. I work out. I do a lot of cool things, get this body in shape so I can be strong enough. I renew my mind, all this stuff. And he's like, no, you're not strong enough. I am strong enough. And I sat there this week. I said, God, you're strong enough. You're big enough. You've been faithful from the beginning. You're faithful today. I trust you. What I'm walking through, Christ in me. What I'm going through, Christ in me. I'm dead. I'm gone. I don't need any glory. I don't need any fame. I don't need to be recognized. Christ needs to come alive. Christ needs to come alive in the city. So, JP, it's not about you. It's about me. Thank you, Jesus. Takes the pressure off. Woo! It's on you, Jesus, today. You've told me that you're the one that raised my life from the grave. You're the one that told me that you give me your spirit. It's on you, Jesus. I'm going to walk in your will. I'm going to walk in your word. I'm going to walk in obedience to your word. I'm not going to walk in sin. Hello, catch that? I'm going to walk in your will. I'm going to walk in your love. And I'm going to walk in your plan. And as I do that, you're going to be the one that strengthens me. Your glory is going to come alive in me. Your strength is going to overflow in me. And I can know deep down in my heart that it's not my strength, but your strength, Jesus. Anybody thankful for that? I mean, you just, thank you, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. I don't think he gives us too much that we can't handle. He needs us to get to a place where it's not my strength, but your strength. So in breakthroughs, it's hard. In moments of waiting, it's hard to to have that mindset, right? It's hard to be like, man, I got to remember that. That's a good one. I got to put that back in the deepest places of my hearts and minds. Let me just give you a few things, and we're going to worship, and we're going to pray for some people today. Is that all right? 
But I think that there's some things here that I, that I see that I just want you to catch. I want you to grab. I want you to understand that it's an inside job. That God's doing more in you than you can think. God's working in your life more than you can understand. God's doing great things for you. He just wants to get your attention and say, it's my strength, my son, my daughter. It's my plans, my son, my daughter. It's my love for you poured out on the cross for you. You didn't get up on that cross, Jay. I did for you. First thing is this. Adversity is an opportunity for advancement. All my life in times of coaching and playing sports, I heard my coaches tell me all the time, adversity will grow you. We lose a game, we got to come back, we got to bounce back. Learn from adversity, learn from this trial, learn from this stuff, JP. Learn from this, because it's an advancement. And I think, just think, maybe there's some powerful principles to what that may say, to what happens in the kingdom of God. I think that knowing it's God's strength, it's God's might, that what I'm walking through, the adversity of my life that I may be receiving, may be experiencing, it's an advancement for God's kingdom to move forward. How many of you know the stuff that you're walking through, your testimony, 99.9% of the time is a testimony for somebody else? Do you understand that? Your life is a direct testimony for somebody else that may not know Jesus. It's an opportunity for someone outside in that world to look at you and go... Why? Why are you different? What's different about you? Why can you walk through adversity like, praise God, Woo! I'm excited to be alive. Have you ever seen those people? I know them. I met one guy one time down in Mexico. I was on a missions trip. So I was down there building churches. My father and my, my home church back home, they build churches oftentimes in the, down there. And this guy comes walking into the church service one night, right? And I'm like beat. I'm tired. We just worked 12 hours building a church in Mexico in the heat, and I'm exhausted, right? This dude comes walking into the church service, kind of like a little pep in his step, like, yeah, I'm here in the house of God. And I'm like, dude, what are you on? Because I want it. Whatever you just took, I need it because I am exhausted. And I remember him coming up to me with the translator. Praise God for that. <laughs> Been to Mexico so many times. I still don't understand what's going on there. I need a translator 24-7. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And I see this man. And he's full of joy. He's full of grace. And he's just full of the Spirit of God. But on his arms, just bruises and cuts and scars. And I was like, man, I got some cuts here and here from construction. But that dude looked like, that looks like, Somebody tried to kill him. And the translator goes, oh, pastor. Yeah, actually, someone did try to kill him. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this guy, <laughs> this guy goes up to the mountaintops, to the people that nobody understands, to the, to the people in the mountains that nobody can relate to. I'm, I'm talking in the mountains of Mexico, there's a whole different world up there. There's a whole different tribe of people. Language is different. Thinking's different. Very demonic world up there. That man said, God. I'm going to go up to there. You've called me to go up there. So that man kept going up, preaching the word, preaching the word. He stayed up there one night. And guess what happened? They tried to kill him. Ran into his tent. Stabbed him like 50 times. It's graphic. I know. I'm sorry. But this is reality. And they tried to kill him. He got off the mountain. He comes down the mountain. He gets to the hospital. He gets healed up after six months. And guess what he does the moment he gets out of the hospital bed? God, you're good. <laughs> the doctors are like, no, bro, you can't. Like, he's like, I'm going back up to that mountain. The pastors at the church, who are some of our dearest friends, brought him in, sat him down, and said, hey, you, you, you want to think about this? 
He said, no, adversity is not going to keep me down. This is an advancement. I'm going to walk up to that mountain. I'm going to tell those people, hey, listen, you couldn't take me. Jesus loves you. This is a moment for the kingdom of God to advance. This is a moment for people that don't know Jesus to come to know Jesus. I don't care if I've been beaten. I don't care if I've been bruised. God, you've worked in me. You've changed me. You've restored me. So whatever comes my way, whatever adversity hits me, you are still good. And I'm going to go up there. I'm going to advance the kingdom of God. Anybody want to live like that? Just. Is that crazy? Yeah, some of you are like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe next week. <laughs> That should be our heart. Adversity, God, I know you're with me. I know you're working in me. I know you're breaking me of me. So I'm just going to keep going because this is an advancement of the kingdom of God. But you know what has to happen? The second thing is this. The outer shelf of self-reliance has to be broken. There's a shell on our heart. It's called our flesh. It's called our will. That has to be broken. has to be shattered. has to be broken into pieces so that He can get into the deepest places of our heart. He can get into the deepest places of our mind and our soul. And that he can start to rip out, remove, get rid of things that don't belong in here. Thoughts that you had for many years. Words that were spoken over you many years ago that have set in your heart and your mind. That Satan's just used for years to destroy the plans and purposes you have. He needs to break that shell so that he can get deep into your heart. Deep into the heart. And when he breaks that shell, when you say, God, break me, break my heart, I want a new heart, I want a brand new mind, I want a new spirit every day. I don't want to think the way the world thinks. I don't want to think the way that the church tells me to think sometimes, which is a lack of faith. (laughs) Can I be honest? Hello. Don't step out into this dark world. It's too dark. It's too crazy. Stay close. (laughs) Hover together. This world, it's just nuts. And I'm sitting here saying, no, God's breaking my heart so that I can step out into this world and that I can reach this world because the people dying, the people dying need the same news that I have and it's Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. So God, break my heart. Break the shell in me. Break the stuff that I think you are and give me who you really are. Give me your word so I can discover deep down who you are how good you are, how faithful you are, how your love endures forever, how you have the spacious places for me to go, how you've gone before me, behind me, you're next to me. God, give me that heart. Break the shell. Break the shell. Third thing is this, and we're going to worship. We worship so that we can turn our eyes off our own strength and we can place our eyes on the one that gives strength. It's an inside job. So why do we worship as a church? Why do people sing and lift their hands? Why do, they, why do they come in here and just get lost in worship? You want to know why? You know what oftentimes happens? I said this last week. You want to know who I know that's been changed the most in a room when I walk into a This is just my perspective. When I see someone so desperate in a time of worship, when I just see them lost in the presence of God, when I see that they don't care who's around them, who's next to them, even if they brought somebody to church that they don't really know, it could be a date, could not be a date, maybe, maybe not, it doesn't matter. They are lost when they get in the presence of God. Do you know why? Because they know what it feels like not to be in the presence of God. They know what it was to have the hard shell of self-reliance on their heart. They know that they looked at adversity like a problem instead of an advancement. And they say, God, I'm here. Once again, I'm here with you. Change me. Use me. Break me. I'm worshiping you. 
Your reckless love, it's coming for me. Thank you. I'm going to lift my hands in worship. I'm going to sing out loud to you, God. I'm going to lift my hands in my car on the way to work. I'm going to lift my hands at the office on the lunch break. I don't care if people are looking at me. I don't care if they're wondering what in the world is going on with that weirdo. I know how good you are, and without you, I am dead. So you know what? I'm going to worship. Because you know what worship does? Let me just say this. It's a confession. All those songs are different, right? Different words, different melodies, different notes. But you know what they are at the end of the day? They're a confession of this, out of this. You're my God. You're my king. And you're breaking through for me. You're my God. You're my king. You're my savior. You're breaking through for me. You're my God. You're my king. You're my savior. You're my Lord. You're breaking through for me. You're my God. You're my king. You're my savior. You are the one that watches over me. You're breaking through for me. So I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship. I don't care if I'm doing a little frisbee hands right here or if I'm lifting my hands right here. I don't care who's around me. I don't care who's next to me. I don't care what my upbringing is. I don't care about any of that. I just want Jesus. End of story. Break me. It's an inside job. I need you, Jesus. I need to look at this life a little differently. I need you to, to just show me a little bit deeper of who you are in my heart. I need you, Jesus. I'm desperate for you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute. He's speaking. He's speaking to you. Today, before we close, before we go back into worship, I just want you to take one-on-one -on -one time with God and say, God, I need an inside job done. I need a heart change. I need a, a mind change. I need a perspective change of your glory, of your goodness, of your mercy. Show me. Ask him. He'll show you.